collar social club where white collar meets blue collar and your average joes talk about everything from sports to working on cars to bourbon to cigars to craft beers you name it we talk about it this is your host rev the barber from the world famous main street barbershop daytona beach florida stay tuned to this week's episode Welcome back to the Blue Collar Social Club. This is your host, Rev the Barber, from the world-famous Main Street Barbershop, Daytona Beach, Florida. And this is episode number five, where I am going to interview my dad. This is going to be a fun one for us. He's a guy who created me and made me into the man I am today. So we are going to get into this interview. I hope you guys like it. All right, so my dad, James Napier, is down here in Florida hanging out with us. Uh, he has a house down here and a house back up in Huntington, West Virginia. So he likes to get down here from time to time and enjoy the beach. Um, you having fun down here this week, Dad? I love retirement. <laughs> yeah, man having a good time. Yeah, he, uh, he just retired back in February from the uh, Cabell County School Board where he was a um, heating and air instructor. He taught guys how to be blue-collar workers. So you started out after high school in the heating and air field, correct? Yes. Kind of rough starting out back then. Everybody did it. Uh, now it's uh, open open to anybody who wants to come into it. I've trained from 10th graders, uh, boys, girls, uh, adults. Uh, I've taken in coal miners that and coal mine support to educate, uh, retrain, you know, back out in the working field. You name it, I've educated it. And before you got on at Cabell County School Board, you worked at Marshall University as one of their uh, heads of maintenance. I was 25 years there, about 15 as head of maintenance for the med school. Um, on the second year med school out by RBA hospital area. And uh, before that, I worked three years, three to four years for Wayne County School Board in maintenance. Just climbed a ladder. You're the guy who taught us how to be hard workers. Not only did you work at Marshall University, but you had your own uh, heating and air business that you did on the side. And I remember uh, being a little kid, taking us out on uh, heating and air jobs and having us crawling under houses and running duck work and everything else. Where did you start out in the heating and air business? My uncle did it down in Knoxville, Tennessee. I started out doing little jobs with him. And I thought, hmm, do this and a little brain work or grub a hillside off and, and do farming. Yeah, this one out. And then you ended up down in Florida doing it for a little bit. Uh, I was down in uh, West Palm Beach area. I come down to do it. Didn't stay long. One hurricane taught me to go back home for a little while. <laughs> you were down here during the wrong season. I learned to live in the middle of the state, not in the coastline, in my opinion. Your summer house so over towards Ocala and Salt Springs, so it's kind of over out of the way. I think it's 40 miles one way and 35 the other. It takes about 30 miles to kill a hurricane. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, good so it's shore. in the middle of the state of Florida, so you don't have to worry about that. Right. You were instrumental in helping getting the uh, Vocational Schools Act passed here just this past year. I know you and Senator Jenkins had talked a little bit in the barbershop yeah. there at 8th Street we, Barbershop about how uh, vocational schools need to be more of a priority in the United States. What I was in was uh, found embedded credit, the same credit that you would get sitting in a algebra class or geometry class that I already taught in the career center. Uh, you know, I teach thermodynamics, fluid dynamics, uh, electrical uh, theory, um, 
you know, we did algebra. Anything with electrical is algebra. Uh, duck work is geometry. It's it's physics put to action. It's exactly what heating and air is. And so that helped to pass the bill that uh, for the vocational schools. And so and, and getting funding back into the vocational schools. And and one of the big things is is that nowadays they the emphasis in in high schools is for everybody to go to college, and which is a great thing, but at the same time, not everybody's cut out to go to college. You have guys that are cut out to do manual labor who are cut out to do heating and air or electrical. Well, my opinion is it ain't as much a blue collar as a blue and white collar. It's right. kind of striped anymore uh, because when you leave my class, you have over 21 college hours. Right. Because engineers usually don't sit at desks. They usually are fixing or designing stuff. Four or five of my guys went on to college to be engineers, and uh, the, the other 100 or so are out in the working field just about. I had a our 100% placement ratio, 60% graduation in adults, and about a 80-some in high schoolers. Uh, I took it from between four and eight in the state to number one in the state and between seven and 800 in the nation to 133 in the nation. By teaching the basic fundamentals of thermodynamics, fluid dynamics, applying them towards heating and air, if you, learn, if you can understand the basics, you can fix about anything. Right. And being a hard worker and being a blue-collar worker, we need more of those nowadays, it seems uh, like. The only people that you can hire is who's being trained. Right. You know, or being retrained. The heating and air field is wide open for anybody who wants to go in, and it's not bad money. You you will average anywhere from 15 to 30 bucks an hour. Right. So. And, and I know I heard in a statistic the other day uh, from Alex, who owns AC1, he was talking in that most your average age for an AC technician or an electrician is 55 years old that means most of the guys are at retirement age so these kids that are in high school can get right into the field and fill those spots that are going to be needed in the next five to ten years you're you're exactly right in fact i've actually took a few guys who were trained in the computer area and the new area in heating air is digital control you got to be able to use a computer so you have to be mechanically inclined and computer inclined a lot of the units you use, you diagnose it with a computer and go from there. So there's about anything you want to do in the field, from making duct work to programming a building to function right and heating and cooling the areas that are needed. So, so not only do you have to be able to work with your hands, when it comes to working heating and air or electrical, you're going to need to know how to, how to function a computer as well with all the air handlers and everything like that that are out there today. Yes, yes. If you, you need to know both. But the nice thing about heating and air, you can not know it and work on a residential unit, or you can know it and work on commercial units. The, right. the field is so broad that some of my students actually went into natural gas field on the fluid dynamics side that we taught them. So the field's wide open, and it's great money. It really is. It's a secure money. Yeah, because it's something that everybody's going to need because heating air is going to be around for the rest of the time we're on this planet, that's for sure. <laughs> That's definitely for sure. Next time you're in a plane, you're flying over, look at every building. 80% of those buildings are heated or cooled. Right. So, you know, they're, but even barns this day and age are heated and cooled. Everybody said you don't heat a barn, but yeah, they do anymore up north. So. Right. Yeah, up north, it gets pretty cold in the wintertime and stuff. So, looking at a barn with a, without heating and cooling, it, it can be kind of uh, not so fun, I guess you could say. It's kind of weird, but yeah, I've seen uh, mostly dairy barns and stuff like that are heated and cooled but if you get back into the area the field is just wide open for work trade schools have been so neglected the last little bit i am glad that 
like a gentleman like Senator Jenkins has put effort into reviving it. You know, I make a joke all the time. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It makes my pay go up because there's less people doing it. It's more money I make in, in working it. But, you know, that pretty soon there's not going to be enough people to do the work. We need to train as many people as we can in, in the heating air, electrical, carpentry. The trades are wide open right now, and it's good money, and there's no shame in getting your hands dirty. It's just part of life. Right, and that's what you taught us as kids is that, you know, with a little bit of hard work, you can do anything you want in this world. And, you know, that's what's great about what you instilled upon us is that all of us boys are all working hard to, to raise families and and to do what you taught us to do, and, and that's to, to be hardworking men. And, and we, we thank you for that because there's a lot of times where I always look back on and and think, and I, I'm like, am I doing that with Zane or am I doing the right thing or am I being the dad that I can be? And I try to think back on what you would have taught us or what you would have said and different things like that. I know I always call you up whenever I do have a problem or something's going on with Zane. I'm like, what, what do I do with this kid? And, and you'll be like, look, just step back and, and this is what I did or this is how I, I handled it when you were little. And so I know you're always there for us whenever we need need a lifeline, I guess you could say. You know, I kind of treated you boys just like you were being trained. Uh, I'd always make statements like, uh, you got to work the rest of your life. You better like what you're doing. Right. Uh, you, If you're going to do it, do it right. Do it 100% of what you can do. You know, and I, I like to put into your brain, though, what you needed in life, what, what was coming up next. Think ahead. Right. You know, and plus you're doing a good deed. It, it was awesome. You can remember you fixed uh, Miss Kitchens one time, her air conditioner furnace and stuff. And, you know, I, I don't think she could have hugged us enough when we left there, if you remember that right. situation. And and I tease my students when I used to teach that uh, you're going to become all your family's best friend when it comes to the heating air field. You know, so yeah, I know one one thing you used to always say is that I'd rather have a million friends than a million bucks, and I never really understood the concept of that until you you think about it. You're not out there trying to make the extra dollar. You're out there trying to serve the extra man. You're trying to help the next person, and if you're if you're helping that next person, that next person's going to come back to you the next time and come back to you the next time. So you're going to make that money, but it, it, you may not make it the first time. You may have to cut cost here cut cost there to make to make it affordable enough for that person like miss kitchens or whoever it is that we're working on their air conditioner but that next time they're going to remember hey that guy helped me out and did a good job i'm going to go back to that person and so it's not always about making more money it's it's about you know doing good for the better betterment of the uh customers that you're you have out there if you worry if you want to make customers then you'll make the money. You gotta make the customers before you can make the money. It isn't going out for the money. The money is what you're going out for, but you're going out to assist somebody to fix their air conditioner, to fix their heater, to service what they needed fixed. And by doing that, you make a customer. When you make a customer, then you make the money. You can't right. make money without customers. You gotta make the customer to make the money. Right, and you, and you gotta make the, those, you have to do your best to, to make those people uh, happy and and help those people out i mean if it's two o'clock in the morning and it's 17 below zero yeah we don't want to get up in, in the middle of the night and go out and do a job like that but i mean we're going to go do it because those people need heat if they have a little baby or a little child and cold in their outside it's that cold in their house or in their pipes could bust 
And, and you don't want to have to get up in the middle of the night and do that, but you're going to go out and do it because that person needs your help and uh, need, needs the heat turned back on in their house. And so you're going to do whatever you can to go out and help that person. And that, that's one of those things about being from the state that we're from. We don't think about, you know, man, I'm tired or, man, I, I just want to go back to bed. You think about, that person needs my help. I'm going to go out and do it. If you can't help out your fellow man, who else can you do? It's, right. uh, it's service. It's, the, it's called the service field. You're there to service what that person needs done. Right. And in that, you really make a lot of people happy. Women do not like going without air conditioner, guys. Right. Trust me. Yeah. When it comes down to it, mama wins that battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it is a service field. You get right. uh, monetary payment for it, but you are providing a service. You're making right. your area a better area. Right. And, and growing up, getting kind of away from the uh, the service industry, but you you had four, you had five of us kids, and uh, and a lot of people, all of our friends, call you Uncle James, and um, so you're not just dad, but you're Uncle James to probably five hundred to a thousand different people, and. So you're one of those guys that everybody wants to be around. Ain't that right? Well, <laughs> if I had to, if I'd rather have a Kool-Aid jar than a nice yard. Right. I wanted my kids where I could see them. Uh, I remember you guys would want to go to a, a little dance place down the road. It was nice. It was clean. I would drive you guys down there. Man, I caught heck or hell from your mom. Excuse me on that one, Mama. Uh, I, caught, I caught hell from it. But you know what? I controlled any right. trouble you got into. I, right. could, I was in the control measure of it. Kids want to have fun. It just needs to be a controlled fun. Right. And uh, and Dad was always one of those guys who was there for us whenever we needed him. And, and, and he was the one that, if you're going to go do something, he was going to take you to go and, and, and have fun because he knew he could he could be there to watch over you and, and make sure you weren't going to get in too much trouble. And it's always fun to think back on all the times we had from – fishing trips we go on to camping trips and different things we went on a camping trip one time with the boy scouts and in the middle of the in the middle of the night a bear got into the the camp and tore up a bunch of trash and all that and i i, re, I remember just crazy different trips we would go on as kids and we didn't always get what we wanted but he made sure we had what we needed and we got to to, to enjoy our childhood and, and, and have a good time, and we and we thank you for that. Well, I did what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. We had a ball. Remember the time we went up to uh, Char above Charleston to the Canal Falls and fished? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd do that about every – we'd have a break between baseball and the fall ball, and we'd go up there and fish. And I'd take about four or five of you boys. Lord, you guys wore me out. I yeah, never we, tied so many hooks in my life. Go up there and catch a rock bass and, and all that off the rocks. Uh -oh. Yeah. It was fun times, you know. That, that's how you build memories, you know. Even working, we had fun times. Working I mean, on the old stagecoach house, yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. yeah, that was a little weird, but it was fun. Yeah. So if y'all remember back on episode two, I did episode two with Matt Perry, and um, we talked about Cerrito Canova, West Virginia, and and the Civil War. In Canova, West Virginia, there's a house. It's called the old stagecoach house. Well, it was right beside the railroad tracks, and it was a a bed and breakfast type hotel style house. They call it the old stagecoach house. When people would come into town, they'd stay there. And there's a whole bunch of stories about this house, but needless to say, it's haunted. 
<laughs> little needles to say, yeah, that, if you ever want to see something, show up there around yeah. in the fall when the leaves are changing, when the sun's setting, and usually the Cape Lady comes to the window. Yeah. And then, yeah, I didn't believe in that stuff until then. Until you worked that job. And <laughs> we were working that job in the middle of August, and it's in West Virginia in the middle of August, you're looking at like 95 to 103 on any given day. With about 80% humidity. Yeah, with 80 to 90% humidity. And, and we were working in this house, and it had, we were putting the air conditioner in. So at the time, this house has zero air conditioning. And so me and my cousin Chris are crawling underneath the floor, running, duck, running a duck line. And we're getting to close where we're going to put the uh, return in the floor. And all of a sudden, it goes from being 90 degrees to it drops down to probably 32. It, 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 any, it was freezing. And we're underneath this house. And there's no reason at 8 o'clock in the evening in the middle of August it should be dropping to 32 degrees. And we're like, what in the world is that? And all of a sudden, we hear this big clang come down the stairs. at the, bo- the Where the return was going was at the bottom of the stairs. So we hear this big clang at the bottom of the stairs. We're like, holy crap, did Dad or one of the other workers fall down the stairs? So we rush to the, the opening where we were coming out of the floor right there at the bottom of the stairs. I'm looking, there's no one there. We're like, what in the, what just happened? And supposedly, I guess, this guy was standing at the top of the stairs and had gotten shot. The guy, because the door... He got shot in the chest. Yeah, he got shot in the chest and fell down the stairs and landed at the bottom of the stairs and died. This happened in, like, the 1800s. And, um, like, 1880 or somewhere around in there, supposedly, when we looked it up in the newspaper. And he landed at the bottom of the stairs. And I guess... So what we were hearing, looking it up in newspaper reports, is that supposedly every once in a while you will hear the guy fall down the stairs and his body land at the bottom of the stairs so i guess that's what we we'd heard because at the bottom of the stairs is the front door and we were where the hole was coming up was between the front door and the stairs so it was crazy when you just hear this big clang and so that was one of the wildest jobs i think we ever worked because you not only did you have that ghost but you had the white lady that you were talking about and then you had the uh little boy in the upstairs um playroom when the needles say when the sun started setting and coming through the stained glass windows we were gone yeah that was the point that you started hearing everything just about sunset to to twilight you yeah that was funky so yeah the playroom in the attic i think the little boy was in it and then you had the white lady who would stand at the uh front living room glass yes and then you had the guy who would fall down fall down the stairs and throw a thump so there was jobs we would work as kids, man. That that, that that was probably the wildest out of any job. That that was a different house. I would say that's yeah. a different house. I thought people were full of crap until then. Just to be honest with you. But you yeah, know, I never we, really, I never really believed in ghosts until we worked that job. Well, we, and you know, we tried to make all the jobs fun. We always had fun, joked yeah. around at them and horsed around, and probably more than we should have. We probably could have got done a little bit sooner. But you know, we, we I tried to make. I tried to make you guys work with me a good time to let you know that it's cool to work. Right. And when you're working, you don't always have to be so serious either. And that's one thing Dad taught us is that, you know, work doesn't have to be serious. I mean, there's time and place for seriousness in the workplace. Don't get me wrong, OSHA. But, um, <laughs> but you put that in there. yeah, I had to put that in there for uh, legal purposes, I guess. But, uh, but there, there's time and place for seriousness. But there's also time and place to have a good time and, and to make it fun and and for us boys, that's what Dad did. He he made working fun, and he made it where we understood the the concept of working hard and 
putting food on the table or if you wanted to go on a nice vacation you would do those three or four extra side jobs to go on that vacation or if you wanted to put a nice christmas together for the kids and with the with the toys that they wanted then you would do the five or six extra side jobs in the winter time to get those you know christmas presents paid for and he taught us that that you know you you're not going to just sit back and it be handed to you you're going to work hard every single day to make it happen and and that's what us boys do um my, like i was telling you all on episode uh one uh, my little brother ryan works for um a heating and air wholesale company and uh, he's the manager there and he's doing really well what's the name of that company sid harvey let's sid give him harvey. a throw out yeah there. we'll give sid harvey a throw out they used to be yeah. down here in florida they um are now i think just in west virginia now are they still uh, got Ohio. a couple? They're, they're, they're around a few states. few states? They're an excellent corporation. My son Ryan loves working for them. I mean, he took my class in heating air, worked heating air, and he's selling the stuff now. I mean, you don't always have to be in the field working. You could be selling it. You could be demonstrating it. You could be designing it. I have a right. student that designs it. So. And then our my little brother Cody, he uh, works for uh, Matheny Freightliner. Yes. He's a diesel mechanic for them, working on fire trucks. And uh, he seems to be really doing good with that. Yeah, because I told him to take fluid dynamics. Yeah. Pumps and, <laughs> right. and water hoses are fluid dynamics. And it got him right in there. So. Yeah, so not only you know did he do diesel mechanic classes, but he also took Dad's heating and air class. Dad had all of us boys at one point or another in our life um, take the heating and air and, and learn how to work with our hands and, and learn the – because you always need a trade to fall back on. And so all of us have been to trade school and, and have jobs in the trade. I went to barber school as well, and so I have bo- both those certificates. And so you always need a job to, to fall back on, and so it's always good to have that. And so saying Cody had his diesel mechanic classes that he took, and he also had the heating and air classes with the water pumps and the, and the fluid dynamics, he was able to go and work on fire trucks which is a job that not a lot of people can do because it, to find somebody that has their heating and air and their fluid dynamics and water pump certifications and also has their diesel mechanic certifications is a rare find because you're, you're talking about two certificates that people usually don't think about putting together, but he has that. Yeah, well, I always try to talk my students into getting double yeah, dual uh, credentials. credentials. You know, I, I, I'm certified in heating air, and I'm certified electrician, right. you know, and I've always worked in the maintenance field since I was six years old. I've right. been doing this stuff because I thought it was cool going out and working with my dad like I instilled in you guys right. to go out and learn to work. If you want to make it in life, and parents, if you don't want to support your kids the rest of your life, career tech is one of the best ways to go. You know, they might get through career tech and then decide they want to go on to college. You know, they've already earned in 90% of these career tech centers. They've already earned college hours by doing it. But, you know, you don't have to go to college for every job that's out there. And you definitely don't have to go to college to make big money because there's big money in the fields if you decide you want to do that and you want to work. Yeah, and, and you can make good money in any of these trades fields out there. We're not saying not to go to college. If you want to go to college, then then all, by all means, go on to college. But we're also going to tell you that there's money to be made in these trade fields, and there's also job availability and job openings in them because the average age of a worker right now in the trade fields is, is between 45 and 55 years old. So they're going to be phasing out in the next 10 to 15 years, so there's going to be even more job openings 
I am definitely not saying don't go to college, but if it's not for you, don't do it. I went to college after the trade fields. I and I push people, go give it a try. You might not like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can go straight into the field. But you have something coming out of high school. You have something in hand where you can go find a job. Right. You If you have a career certificate and a degree, write your ticket. You've got a, you got a job you, anywhere, in my you opinion, anywhere you want to go. Now, this is just yeah. my opinion. I'm just what my dad made me. Just like Michael says, I, he's what I made him. So, you know, it's part of life is learning. The other part of life is applying what you learned. Right. You can go to any trade school you want. You can go to any college you want if you don't do anything with it. It's just, uh, just a piece of paper. Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. It makes good toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah, the, the piece of paper isn't worth anything unless you apply it. you got to learn, You got and you got to use what you've been taught. If you learn and you use what you've been taught and, and you put it to hard work, then you can make anything of your life. And you can do anything with your life as long as you, you put your mind to it. You can do anything you want as long as you want to do it. Right. People, you got to remember, you got to work the rest of your life. Why not like what you're doing? Right. Why not know and do what you're doing to the best of your ability? That's what I taught my kids, and that's what I taught in the Career Center. Career Center is a wonderful thing. We do need college people. We really need engineers really bad. I'm not saying we don't. But you need to start somewhere. You, you got to start building the blocks early and then move up. You got to climb the ladder of knowledge just as like you have to climb the ladder in your career. So, and that's what I've always distilled in people. If you're going to do it, do the best of your ability and enjoy what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you don't enjoy what you do, then, you know, you're not going to do it to the best of your ability. One of the old sayings is, if you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And if you enjoy what you do, you'll also do that to 100% of your ability. You can tell people who are in the barber industry who, who are just doing it for a paycheck. And, and then you can tell the people who are in the barber industry who love what they do. You can tell by the, the quality of haircut that's put out. Same way as in the heating and air business, you can tell by the install if the guy likes what he's doing or not, or if he's just rushing it to get to the next job or to get home. And so if you love what you do, you're going to do it to the 100% of your ability, and, and you're going to do it as well as you can. Well, you've noticed when we worked, we always did it right. right. We did it to the best of my ability and the knowledge I had at the time and the knowledge I have now, and I tried to still applying your knowledge towards what you're doing. Right. If you can't do that, Go back to school a little more and do and do something else, <laughs> do right? Something else. Yeah, I mean, you're on this planet for 80 years, and so if you think about it, that's 80 years to decide kind of what you're going to do. I, I always like to think of it as this way: is that a lot of people get stuck and they think that they can't that they think they can't get retrained and go do something else. You can always change what you're doing and do something else. It's just do you want to put in the time to do that? Well, I have taught, I taught, I think one ninth grader, he kind of showed up in my class, and I thought he was another student, and I just kept him. And, and so I've taught actually from ninth grade all the way up to 62 years old in age. Right. And, you know, at 62, you can still learn. Right. That's one nice thing about a career center in a, in a community college. You can always go back to school and apply what you've learned in somewhere else toward it. The guys that I retrained that had computer degrees. You know, they did online searching. What could they do in computer degrees? Where's the field open? The only field that was open was in the programming department and the computer degrees. You know, for all buildings this day and age that are major buildings are controlled by a 
NAS system by a control right. system at his computer. So, you know, I uh, I trained, trained them all. I, I told them the field, you know, even in the field, I went into teaching. Who would have thought right. my heating airfield would have led me to teaching? Right. Absolutely. That's broad spectrum of it. So, Well, it's been fun having Dad on today. You, you enjoy doing the podcast with me? Kind of different, but it's cool. <laughs> I like it. I can yeah. get into this because all you do is sit and BS and just tell your opinion. Right. Which I vocalize my opinion pretty well most of the time. Right, absolutely. Being from West by God, Virginia, we always vocalize just about what we think. Ab- absolutely. Mountain Simper Libre. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Mountaineer. If no one knows what that means, it, it means Mountaineers are always free. It's the state motto for West Virginia. We were talking about this today at the barbershop. I had Ryan Norman in today. He, he's a... Um, fellow West Virginian. He lives down here in Daytona Beach as well. He's a computer programmer and owns a marketing development firm. And he's a really good guy. And if we were joking around about how people from our state, when we walk into a business setting, people just don't know what to think of us because we're, we're just different. It's just, we have this different energy and outlook to us. We, we don't look at things the same way as everybody else. We look at things more wide open. We look at things on how can we make that better. We look at life differently than other people, and, and we say things differently than other people. We usually have to repeat ourselves a couple of times for people to even understand what we're talking about. But Yeah, they kind of twist their head sideways <laughs> and go, what did you say? What did you say? Yeah. And, then, and then, I, then I explain to them my mom is from Tennessee, so I speak a little southern, a little hick blend. Yeah. You got yeah. that West Virginia hillbilly with a, with a, a Tennessee uh, southern, a lot, yeah. southern with it. So it's, but, you know. We, West Virginia's, yeah, they're a little different than most of the state. Well, on the good side, in my opinion, 90% of them are. Most of them are good, hard workers. Most of them are solid family people. Yeah. You know. We, we just have a different outlook on life. We, we, um, We're always looking how to make things better. Yeah, and we've always looked at the world from the outside, too, because when you live in West Virginia, you're the United States, you're still living in West Virginia, so you're kind of like outside of the norm. And so you're looking at the world through a computer screen. You're looking at the world through TV. And so you're you're always looking at how can we fix that or how can we do this. And so it's one of those things when we do get outside of West Virginia and we're, we're looking at how can we make the world a better place. And so we're always looking to, to do the right thing. And, and I think that's what most West Virginians are about is being good people all the way around. They're a different breed. They're, they're <laughs> family-oriented. They're... Uh... Hard workers. Hard workers. Uh, they, they love their nation. Uh, we fly the flag proudly. You know, uh, three-quarters of the Democrats, and we still fly the flag proudly. We never would stand up. We never would burn it. Right. You know, I guess we're called the Kennedy Democrats, and I don't yeah. think there's a whole lot left of them. In my opinion, guys, now this is just my opinion. Three-quarters of the state were blue dog, blue dog Democrats, if anybody knows what a blue dog Democrat is. I think we're purple anymore. About yeah, it's more, more purple, but... We're just hard workers. We're hardworking people who believe in in, um, in a union who's going to stand up for their workers. And we believe in putting our boots on and going to work every day and providing for our family. And that and that's what West Virginia is all about. I, I thank Dad for coming on, talking with me. I know when I asked him earlier in the week to come on for Episode 5, he was like, well, what am I going to talk about? Well, I, I think I led him pretty good uh, in the direction we wanted to go. So... I just thank him for coming on. I thank him for instilling in us boys to be hard workers. And I thank him for being our rock and being our provider. Just being there for all of us 
whenever we needed a shoulder to cry on or a, a hug or just to talk. If, if I ever just need to talk, I can call my dad and know that he's going to answer the phone. So I, I thank him for, for always being there and, and always just being that hardworking provider for our family. I'm just what my daddy made me. Right. And uh, our grandpa was. He was a hard worker, and, and he was a truck driver. Um, and he always provided for his, his family, and he taught all of us boys. He built his, built his house with his own hands and with the help. And, and, and our dad, he built our house with, the, with his own hands, and they did. They, our grandpa and our dad instilled upon us that hard work that everyone should uh, strive to do. All right, I want to thank everyone who's taken the time to listen to mine and my dad's conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thank you all for your support of this podcast. And I ask you that if you like this podcast, if you love what we're doing here with the Blue Collar Social Club podcast, please share our podcast with all your friends and family that you think that would get some enjoyment out of this podcast. This is just a normal conversation between a dad and a son. And I hope that you all got something from it. And I just ask you all to share the podcast so that Others can hear all five episodes that we have now and and the episodes that are to come. Just a reminder, every new episode is released every Tuesday. So stay tuned and go to our Facebook and Instagram page and make a suggestion on what you would like next week's episode to be about. So until next time, you guys have a great week. episode of the Blue Collar Social Club. Make sure you go check us out on Facebook and Instagram and on our Facebook group and make a suggestion for next week's episode. We thank you all so much for your support and let's make this a great week.